The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Funding for the Capital Weekly Podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Uh, greetings and welcome to Capital Weekly's regular podcast. I'm John Howard. I'm joined by Tim Foster. Hello. And our special guest, Senator Bob Wachowski of the 10th District, a Democrat, um, and also a bankruptcy attorney, aside from being chair of Budget Sub 2, which deals with energy and resources and transportation, etc. Uh, last week, we talked about PG&E's bankruptcy with a reporter who covers that issue. I want to talk about the lawmaker this time and get your take on it. You, you know bankruptcy. I guess my first question is, how does this play out? Are we able to say now, uh, what's, how, how's this going to spin out in terms of ratepayers, your own constituents, that kind of thing? Well, I think it's uncertain how it's, going to, how it's going to play out. I mean, bankruptcy under the federal system is designed as for fairness and equity. You know, the, the idea is that under a state system, the creditor who or a person who feels like they're injured, who sues first and gets the yeah. judgment first, they get paid. And we have that system under the state of California and all the other states. In the federal system, they stop the clock. They call it an automatic stay, and they look at all the different claims, and they they allow claims or disallow the claims, but they treat everybody diff- fairly and uh-huh. the same. Whether you're slow or quick and 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 smart, we treat them the same. Now, a lot of people don't like that because they're fast and slick, so they want to they want to have the adjudication of their claim in a in a forum like the state court system that they know. The federal court wants to know how much money are you owed, so they go through that. Um, is there but, a line of some sort? Uh, who's first in line, second in line, third in line? Yes, there's a there's a whole priorities uh, schedule to set up. The the uh, initially it's it's the administrative claims, so uh-huh. that would include the lawyers who are doing the case, any bills that come up, the the everyday performance that you know PG&E does. They they have people that they pay for services and and pay and do services. One of the things that your listeners may not know is that any any people who are affected by the 2019 fires, because once you're a debtor in possession, all the 2019 fires, and let's say if they're still in Chapter 11 and 2020, those yeah. would get super priority over all the other other claimants. Then obviously the okay, employee- So fires that haven't happened yet correct. will get priority. Interesting. Right, because you, you the terminology is a debtor in possession, and they're formulating their plan, and they have to- uh, prove to the bankruptcy judge, Judge Montali, that they're able to pay their ongoing expenses. Well, in this particular debtor, that includes all these unknown variables about liability, uh, how our climate is changing, what the uh-huh. forest you know, uh, terrain looks like, and, and where this next fire may go, and what would be their ultimate liability. It's not as easy as an individual or maybe a small business. And, and these only apply to claims that, are, that were driven by the fires, that are fire-related? They're no, all types of claims. Any claims in the administration. So just the normal, you know, uh, what else would PG&E do? Buy gasoline, yeah. uh, fix up their cars, things like that. Not the old stuff that was owed before. That's yeah. Those are another class of claims. They're lower down in the priority. Okay. But these are the ongoing expenses. And they file monthly operating reports each month to uh, with the... Um, U.S. bankruptcy trustee. So this is, it's a transparent operation. It's 
you know, for the card players, it's five card stud. All the cards yeah. are up about what you're doing, and they explain how the debtor is going to re restructure their business. What are they going to? Are they going to continue to do all the businesses that they have? Are they going to? They going to spin off some business? Are they going to decide that we're only going to be transmission and generators, and we're not going to be customer mm-hmm. service? Or that's up to them, and and the judge. Will give them some time. They have an exclusive period to come up with their with their uh, with their plan. But often they need to determine what the extent of their liability is. Because is, is the PUC regulation, uh, PUC regulates investor-owned utilities. They regulate PG&E. Are they? Do they have a role in this as PG&E goes through a bankruptcy? Or? Yes. The, under the federal law, you have to comply with all the state regulatory. Um, uh, rules and okay. that you have to comply with state law, right? So all the tree trimming, environmental rules, all that stuff is that's still in place. That isn't affected. Correct. Okay. Correct. One of the things that is sort of cloudy is mm-hmm. our greenhouse gas reductions. I mean, we've set we've set our emission reductions to 2030. We don't have a we don't have a post. Uh, uh, fence posts that say you have to do so much in 2020, yeah. so much in 2022, so much in 2023. You just have to have 40% reduction. So one of the things that people may be looking for is that the PG&E continues its robust reduction of greenhouse gases. And in the interim, they really don't have to do that. or don't, They may want to do it, but they have to show to the, the bankruptcy judge that it's, it makes them a more economically viable entity as they as they go forward um we've heard a lot about some of the contracts that that people uh that they have signed they they have signed some contracts at very high prices when we wanted them to get into the renewable portfolio um these are some high, high contracts for fossil fuels. No high con- contracts for solar energy. This oh, is the. I see. Okay. This is like think two thousand seven, two thousand eight, okay. where where California was saying we because of our climate challenges, yeah. we okay. want you to sign these contracts. Well, they signed long term contracts, which now the price of solar energy has gone down. Well, they have we call them executory contracts, where where you sign the contract but you haven't done the work yet, and you have 120 days. If you don't assume those, they're rejected automatically, just like a lease. So it's a different. The clock is ticking on all the leases that they may have on leased land, leased buildings, and these executory contracts. They have to proactively go into court and assume the contract. Which once they assume it, it gets that super priority. Uh, variable one that it comes it's a debt that they have to own so or have to pay so they have to go through all the numerous contracts that they have I'm to glad de- this isn't very complicated no to determine whether it's in the best interest of this um, of this debtor this yeah. reorganizing yeah. debtor how can they economically um, uh, minimize the obligations that they have. Now, yeah. that, that will still become a claim. That person who, who has their lease rejected could say that they have a claim, and that gets into you know the various classifications of how they're treated under the plan. But the idea is that you can imagine I'm an a ice cream shop, and I decide that I'm going to start selling ham sandwiches, and then, I, and then I open up 20 ice cream and ham sandwiches shop. When I do my reorganization, I may want to close some of the ice cream shops, stop selling ham sandwiches, and go back to my base my base very uh, business. So that's what the debtor in possession is doing right now. So well, there, is there any possibility, is there any likelihood uh, that PG&E gets broken up into pieces? 
um, that municipalities take over their their fund. I've heard that proposed in San Francisco. I think that came up. I'm just yeah. wondering if if well, well from a bankruptcy perspective perspective, it's not going to be because San Francisco wants it. It's uh-huh. going to be because PG&E believes it's economically um, uh, profitable for them to do, to do that. So that that's the, a decision they yeah, can make. That's bankruptcy the, court couldn't make that decision. Voters and whatever. Right. The, the, the debtor has an exclusive period to develop a plan. Okay. Obviously, there's going to be some intake from people, but, but what they're going to do is they're going to develop the plan based on, on their, their liabilities and what they how their performance is and how they can pay these yeah. things off. Okay. So, you know, that's not an atypical uh, reaction on initial bankruptcy. I mean, I handled several Chapter 11 bankruptcies and consumer bankruptcies, and typically the we call them the vultures who are standing on the sidelines want to cherry-pick. Those are the reporters? Yeah. They're not the reporters. Well, they want to <laughs> cherry-pick the most productive, valuable asset and get it at bankruptcy prices. They want to steal it. And you think about it from the debtor's point of view, they don't want to spin off the productive uh, aspects of their business. They want to keep those. They want to spin off the less productives. And it may be the customer service contacts with the CCAs that have. You know, it's it's a possibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, PG&E a few years ago got a lot of bad press because they were supporting uh, a ballot initiative to make it harder for municipalities to form their own districts. And that was Prop 16. I can't remember the year. I'm like 2010 or something. Um, but it didn't help PG&E's image, at least at that time. Is that something that uh, affects our perception of PG&E to this day? I mean, is PG&E basically an easy outfit to hate? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's, 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 and it... it, it it uh, moves between the public at large and the legislative <laughs> legislative bodies. Yeah. I mean, I think that large public utilities are yeah. are vulnerable like to this. Like the large insurers. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I think what what happens is that they have this ugly face, but then you have to you have to break it down. You know, we always say that the shareholders are getting a, a fixed return on their investment, and then you look at who are the shareholders, and two of the large shareholders are the California Public Employees Retirement System and the teachers. Uh-huh. These are like our that. teachers who are retired. That are that we made as investments because that's that's it's going to give them the type of return that they can get their their monthly checks. Now, what so, happens to those investors in the in the bankruptcy? They're are they're not the high priority like the people that now are added in, say for the twenty nineteen wildfires. Where do the investors and where do the people who have stock, where do they come in in the bankruptcy? Well, there's a, there's a rule called the absolute priority rule in bankruptcy. And that says that if all the unsecured creditors and secured creditors and the taxing agencies don't receive 100% plus the time value of money, which is an interest, interest rate, then the shareholders get wiped out. So Whoa. so we're on if, – if PG&E has is, – is, you know, faced with the idea that every shareholder that they have gets wiped out. Now, that would mean, and if they did, that means that they would not have to pay a 100% dividend to all the creditors. Now, normally what happens in these reorganizations is that, is that investors come in with new value. They say, you know, they, when the, the plan's going to be funded, they say, here's the new value, and then we're going to offer new shares of, call it, PG&E Gold or whatever you want, or Class A and Class B, and and often, uh, you know, a generic sort of Chapter 11 plan will offer those old shareholders uh-huh. an opportunity if they p- pay new value, usually at a discount rate, to buy shares of Class B if, if they have to be. So that's something that, again, folks aren't talking about, but shareholders, which are, you know, our retirees, get wiped out. So, you know, one of the questions is that when... 
California legislatures and folks on the sidelines are saying, what can we do to assist with that? Well, you know, it's how do we create that confidence in the bond market? Because the bond market is another class of, of creditors, you know. It's these are people who are loaning money to utilities so they can make their investments, but it's the same financial group that are loaning money to counties, to the city, to the state. And when the bond ratings go down, they go down for everybody. So we know that Southern Edison and Semper and San Diego have had their bond ratings reduced to just above junk bonds, but wow. municipalities and counties and Let's say the state. The state's got a big school bonded. All the school districts are waiting for checks to be remitted. If that's at a higher interest rate because that's what it's going to pay, then then that means you get more, less stuff, right? You have to pay more in financing. So it affects all of our uh, um, the health of the state. So it's very tricky to be sure that we send the right messages of confidence and that we're going to in, in fairness. Is there is there a, an insurance piece to this? Does PG&E have coverage to protect them financially in case they're sued? In case, I would think they they would. Yes, 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 yes. And and that comes. And does it cover this magnitude? We're ta- I saw a number of eleven and a half billion uh, a couple of weeks ago right. total claims. I don't think that for two of Trump's walls. Exactly. Well, I think the, the 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 short answer is no. The insurance doesn't cover okay. everything, and I, I think it's sort of you know it's the it's a challenge with the fire victims too because you know yeah. we're all sympathetic to the the fire victims. Yeah. I put I put the fire victims in in three classifications. Right, there's a the fire victim that that all three people bought their house for two hundred thousand dollars, and all three people have paid off their mortgages. Now some people have still have insurance, but now they have insurance for eight hundred thousand dollars because that's what the replacement value. So that person's okay, and and the insurance people would pay that claim, and then they would be reimbursed if there was liability by PG&E. That's right. The second person didn't change the insurance from two hundred thousand, so they're underinsured. Uh-huh, so their okay. their replacement to make them hold is two hundred thousand, but they only paid for two hundred thousand dollars. So that's a that's a question that. Everybody has to look at, and then the third person is the person who, once they paid off their mortgage, they stopped paying insurance. They weren't so they're, required they, to. So. They weren't required, so they're uninsured, and they have no house now. So, so normally, in the the bankruptcy judge is going to look at that, and it's just black and white. It's like, okay, you, this is your insurance claim. Yeah. This is what you get, and that's what you paid for. And you know, we may be sympathetic or cold hearted, but we have to we have to look at that because you have all so many competing creditors and they look at what's the allowed claim for this person this entity pg need to is pay. there something legislatively that the uh, that the state can do is there, is there legislation out there dealing with this issue in some way and is the governor do you get a sense the governor is sympathetic to it i saw a statement he made that he yeah. clearly was it wasn't specific but uh, is there something the legislature needs to weigh in on well, you know, there's this separation between the state law and the federal law. This yeah. is really federal bankruptcy law. Yeah. I mean, everybody is eager. Everybody wants to make sure that the service continues to be delivered. Well, the entity has to make sure that that gets delivered. Everybody is concerned about the fire victims. You know, we don't know what the total bill is, but how does that? Mm-hmm. Everybody's interested in, you know, we're, the state can do some, is doing some things, at least the governor's budget, about rebuilding the communities. You know, the, the budget proposal that the governor has has is going to waive the property taxes that the states that people would have to pay in these areas where 
They uh, okay. we're backfilling that. We're giving the counties the thirty-one million dollars, and then normally when you have the debris goes in there, and a lot there's a lot of debris with this. The federal government typically pays seventy-five percent of it on the on a on a good day. Then of the twenty-five percent, the state pays seventy-five percent of that. So the 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 city or locale gets picks up. This the, is like cleanup. Yeah, is cleanup. This, this is the cleanup. So. The state of California is picking up all the local share for for these fires, so so helping them out in that way. I mean, I don't know if people listening will say that's enough, but that's yep. just those are the initial things that we're doing okay. um, uh, to 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 conquer it. Um, there's 16 million. I read 16 million customers. PG&E is for those of us who are PG&E customers. Do our bills change in some fashion? I mean, in terms of us interacting with a company, our monthly bills for gas and electric usage is it that going to stay basically the same? Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly nothing's going to change until the plan's confirmed. Um, you know, they, they I, I think they have a rate increase pending with PG with PUC, which will go on. That's a sort of a normal normal course. But as far as the consequences of this this filing, we won't know that until the the, the claims come out and we figure out what they're how they're treating the bondholders the, and the and the um the shareholders and then after that is the ratepayers are lower than the shareholders on the on the totem pole. So um everybody's concern, I think, you know, from the state point of view, the best, one of the best things we can do is to expand our discussion so that we say that we, we, we show folks that this is a climate adaptation scenario that we're under, that the climate is changing, that these wildfire, with the way we have fought wild, wildfires and suppressed them is not the ways of our Native Indians, that Native Americans that were here, that we, it's natural to let them to uh, yeah, sure. burn. We have a lot of people in the zones that are right next to it. So we have to rethink if we're going to have more intense fires, how we're going to approach that and 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 be more aggressive in the prescribed burns. You know, we just have, we haven't done prescribed burns in 15 years and now we're starting them up again and, and there's a lot of fuel there. Um, so holistically look at, uh, at this element of of strange weather, climate change that's going on, because you know this is just a manifestation of what happens in the forest. We have sea level rises, we have pests, we have other elements of of our changing uh, climate, and how we as a state adopt to it. You know, we can point fingers and blame everybody, but we have policy changes that are uh, larger. Do you see support for that? Uh in areas, I'm thinking of paradise because it was just horrific fire up there, but in rural areas that are threatened by these fires, uh, and many of them are largely Republican areas, and maybe they have folks that have, are maybe climate change deniers. I mean, they're not in tune to climate change and needing to do something about it as maybe many Democrats are. That's a broad generalization, I get it, but are those areas where they may need this protection most and need to be aware of the most, are they the ones least likely to be in tune with their own interests. Yeah, you know, it's funny how that works here in government. A lot of times the people that need the help the most are the ones that are they're object, objecting to it. And, yeah. you know, it, part of it starts off with local planning. Yeah. You know, somebody at a, in, the, in the city council level or in the, count, in the county level decided to allow all those permits for people to go up and, there and build it. I know, you know, 
who doesn't love to be in an area where you're in the trees and you're uh, you're yeah. in nature and removed from downtown Sacramento? Yeah. I, I get that. I'm not, you know, <laughs> but but we have to make those choices and say, you know, we've got we have defensible space that we're pretty clear that that if we harden your assets, your house, your roof gets the shake comes off and you put on a a, a, a different tile and you have you remove the trees 100 feet from your house. Well, a lot of people live up in the woods don't want to have the trees removed. But we find out if you do do the 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 uh, uh, follow the uh, desires of the fire uh, marshal and the, uh, the fire service that we have resiliency with the buildings that they actually don't get destroyed. So part of it is getting the local governments, the county, to do the job that they're supposed to be doing. We have a you know we have a forest management uh, SRA I think uh, uh, rules that they have and they're not being. They're not being oh, enforced. Yeah. They're not being, you know, people don't want to pay to remove the tree. Yeah. There's a big fight money. over here, that $150 a year of fire protection fee. Yeah. And they wind, wound up, I think, collecting a lot. I remember there was a B story a couple of years ago. They collected a lot and didn't spend it. It basically sat around, wasn't used right. in, for purposes that probably should have been used. Is there another fight coming on this fee, or now the fires are so bad? We well, what happened, what happened is that they, we suspended the fee under the cap-and-trade program. So it's about $85 million. Now, the, the force uh, fighters, Cal Fire, wants to have more uh, fire trucks yeah, and sure. more rigs. And that's about... Surprise, eighty million dollars. Okay. Yeah, right. Eighty million dollars. <laughs> so, so if we if we just let the just reimpose the fee with the people who are in the fire zone, we could buy the trucks which they all say they need in the event of the fire, but they have to do their job of clearing out the fire and clearing out the area to you know taking the underbrush out there, taking out the, the fuel that's sitting on the on um on the forest floor. And it's really if you think about it. If everybody's experience, I know we're all environmentalists, but the experience of of the forest is when the when the forest floor is cleared, so you can walk on it. You don't you don't go through thicket, yeah. you know, dead trees and climb over them. Nobody goes on that part of it. You you like to have it removed, some of the low hanging branches cut down, so that you can walk in. That's the park experience that we know. We just don't go into heavy, you know fueled areas um so it is that's 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 a political challenge that we have um is there a is there a silver lining this cloud somewhere and it looks it's amazingly like i mentioned before it's amazingly complex so i'm thinking is this a years-long process that uh spins out or is are we talking one year two years or could it go longer than that oh i think it's going to go longer than that and 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 part of it goes back to our larger climate ambition you know Uh we we just had a conference with the united nations out in poland and and countries and cities are supposed to be coming up with their rule books we're developing a rule book of how we're going to reduce our climate emissions and this is a good opportunity for for California to double down on our ambition and saying, listen, this is these fires create a horrible, you know, uh, emissions, carbon dioxide emissions. How can we make them less intense, less destructive, but also manage them? We have to live with fire. We, you know, right now our public policy is that we will fight till the end to put out every fire. We don't have it's not part of our uh, ethos to say this fire is going to burn out. We're going to let this fire burn, and if one or two houses are there, we evacuate the people. But this is where the natural fire is occurring, and let and let the 
the natural environment after the fire, the seeds that, you know, pollinate or, or, or grow, the, the things that naturally were occurred in, in California over hundreds and thousands of years to occur. It's a big question when your house is in line. Yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, I can see line. that going over really well politically. In those right. Areas. Right. But, but the, the idea is to say, is to have that discussion. We can't just continue to beat our heads against the, the yeah. wall and say, oh, it's PG&E's problem or it's Southern Edison's problem or it's, um, you know, if Caltrans had only widened the road, we would have been able to do it. We have yeah. to say, holistically, this is a different environment that we're in. How do we adapt? It's about our survival. How do we adapt in California, in our built community, and the management of our forest lands? Bob Acosti, thank you very much. Thanks for your help and your time. John, Tim, it's been my pleasure. Hey, and one question before we go. We walked in and we saw that you had uh, your lobby is full of uh, photos of old blues musicians. And uh, just wondered, you know, do you have a story behind that? There's a, there is a story behind that. Uh, Mick Fleetwood from Fleetwood Mac uh, had a blues club. He has a wonderful blues club in in uh, uh, Maui nowadays, but he had one in, in Virginia, and they filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection, were unable to develop a plan, so they, they folded up. And, and some of the blues pictures were left in the garage after everybody had left, and I was... The, the cleanup guy as I was helping them with cool. their, their chapter 11 so they've become my uh, artwork you heard it here first folks. <laughs> Bob thank you very much and thank you very much for listening we'll see you next time around you're welcome